Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and I hope all of you had a fantastic 4th of July. I want to welcome all of my local, national, and international listeners and fans. I just want to thank all of you for listening every week and for your support and tuning into the Transformation for Success show. And just as a reminder... I'm live on the Empowerment Channel Tuesdays at noon and also live on the Women's Channel on Fridays at noon. So I want you to know that both shows are available for downloading shortly after this show on my website and on iTunes Transformation for Success. So I want you to share with your friends and colleagues. Today we have a very powerful show. We have a very powerful individual on the show. So I want you to join with me today in my discussion about men and women trailblazers who've made remarkable progress in their transformational journeys. So today on my show, we have one such person, Steve Cedarcrest, who has a compelling transformation story of how he successfully navigated his life to become the success he is today. I had the privilege of meeting Steve a few months ago and absolutely was so fascinated with his energy. I mean, not only is he tall and handsome, but he is absolutely a wonderful individual and is going to share the lessons that he learned from his mother, his hardworking father, and attending a military school that has led to his success in business and life. So this is a show that you want to stay tuned, call your friends, share with them. Now, if you're listening and you have questions of Steve, you can call in the show. Yes, you can. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9151, and he would be delighted to take your questions. So let me share a little bit about my guest, um, because I was so impressed with his transformational journey. And Steve is a native California man, spent his teen years here in California. You know, he worked with his dad. He's done a wonderful thing and becoming with custom cabinetry with his dad's business before he was indoctrinated full-time in the family business. Soon then, he became a sought-after contractor. Now, hear this, who first rose to stardom working on celebrity homes in the late 80s. So today, he's on a show, HGTV show, which is Flip or Flop, and he's been on that show three seasons and 12 episodes. Steve has become a very savvy businessman who built his flourishing company from the ground up. He's been cast in a movie, Reason, and four short films. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Love Doubled, My Dog Expression, Sequel of Life, and Yes, No, Yin Yang. So, Steve, welcome to the show. It is such a pleasure to have you, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Barbara. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. What a privilege. Well, you know, you're a hard man to get to, but we gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) So Yeah, I know. (laughs) I wake up every morning and I'm like, where am I going today? (laughs) I know. And we we know you're fearless leaders that probably have you going here, have you going there. But, you know, uh, one of the things that you transformed working from a teen, working in your father's business on weekends and then full-time, which I shared earlier with the listeners. But tell us, how did that begin for you, and how was it like growing up and working with your dad? 
You know, my dad was um, just like me. My dad was an extremely hard worker. Um, my dad worked pretty much seven days a week. He would take off Sundays, and you know, we would um, when I was with him because we were my family. My mom and dad were divorced young, so we would um, you know weekends I'd have with my dad, and we would you know go to church. My dad uh-huh. was a, a very strong Methodist at the uh-huh. time, <clears throat> so we would um, we'd go to church, but. Um, I was in military school at that time, so we would uh-huh. um, we would alternate weekends. I'd live at the military academy, um, the old Southern California Military Academy in Long Beach, uh-huh. uh-huh. and I would um, go. You know, uh, every weekend on Friday nights, I would go either to you know to my mom's, or the next weekend I'd go to my dad's. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the weekends I would go to my dad's, and then summer breaks I would uh, go and work with my dad, and um, I would work in the shop. I would learn, um, you know, and my dad would do everything the right way. He would pay me through payroll. So it's funny when I got my <laughs> social security, you know, and you get those letters in the mail saying, you know, yeah. you've been working for, I've been, I've been getting taxes taken out since I was 13 years old. So I think I'm ahead of the game a little bit. <laughs> I think so. My goodness. <laughs> so, um, well, no, but I loved it. I loved the experience. Um, we have a, we had quite the family history. Um, uh-huh. My great grandfather started the business in 1916. He oh, had, wow. um, Parents had put him on a boat uh, mm-hmm. when they were both children, um, when he was a child, to get a better life here in the United States when he was like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And um, he came over here. He met his wife on that same boat um, wow. as a child. Um, they got, she got adopted by a different family, but they stayed in contact. Mm-hmm. And then he got adopted by a, another Swedish family here mm-hmm. in um, Alhambra, Arcadia area. Uh-huh. And uh, that's where they st- set down roots and built, uh, would do things. Um, they would build, um, you know, uh, he started a custom cabinetry business uh-huh. in um, L.A. on Zonal Avenue. And they would do all the insides of um, all these cool old drugstores. I don't know if you remember the old drugstores with the tile fronts and oh, yeah. you know, oh, that yeah. kind of cool stuff. Yeah. So we would, uh, my grandfather would do that. And uh, actually my grandfather held the uh, patent for thin set and the uh, first ingredient on the thin set was asbestos. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a good that, insulator back in the day. It was, um, yeah, it was cool. He actually built the first uh, Douglas aircraft in um, his shop on Zonal Avenue in LA. That, what a legacy you have. Wow. That yeah, is so interesting. It's pretty cool, wow, actually. Yeah. That is pretty cool that your grandfather mm-hmm. and then your father followed in his footsteps and then starting his cabinetry business, right? Yeah. He actually, my grand, well, it was just all the same business. It was uh, Cedarquist Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, you know, worked for, you know, his father, my grandfather, uh, great-grandfather. And then my dad worked, and then I worked. And then um, we had a, 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 my dad got too big too quick, I think. He, um, mm-hmm. back in the, you know, late, uh, late 70s, early 80s, he grew the business tremendously and bought an overwhelming-sized building in Santa Fe Springs, California, mm-hmm. and had a lot of, a lot of overhead. And uh-huh. when we, we were a union shop, and then when we hit the recession in 94, um, he just, he couldn't, he couldn't survive because a lot of our flux of our business had migrated into Las Vegas and into uh-huh. um, Atlantic City. We were building huge hotels and casinos, the insides of them at least. So our contracts were going, you know, from uh-huh. multi-million dollars. And, wow. Um, and, you know, you can, yeah, and then Atlantic City was kind of a tough animal because, um, you know, they, the, a lot of the guys were sabotaging their own work and tools were, you know, getting stolen at night. And, you know, they, because Atlantic City had slowed down, 
So it uh-huh. was kind of a rough town. And we took some real baths there, and then we took some baths in, um, in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. So my dad opted to, you know, he said, you know what, I don't want to do this any longer. I want to, I want to go play golf. So he um, owned the building outright, so he um, retired well. And, uh-huh. um, and then I just went off on my own. I so think that's my great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's great you have such a legacy, and I really appreciate you for sharing, uh, sharing all of this because it means a lot when uh, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, they've been in the business. And then also, one of the things that you, you stated is that your father, you, you, he grew too fast or grew too soon. What did you learn from that? And what would you say, because, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs today, and they want to grow fast. So what would you caution them about the growth, and how do they, how do they keep a handle on it? You know, you, I, I always say one step at a time, and I use that, uh-huh. you know, that and it's for, all, for my life and for uh-huh. my business. Um, uh-huh. You know, like I started out very small. Uh-huh. I started out just myself. I uh-huh. was a single parent raising three kids. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I would work nights and weekends when the kids would go to sleep. I would, um, I would do side jobs. I'd, you know, redo a bathroom for a neighbor or kitchen cabinets. But I would, you know, come in late. I'd, I'd help my kids out with their homework. You know, I'd uh-huh. feed them everything I'm supposed to do, put them in bed, and I'd go work for two or three hours on a project. Instead of filling my mind, I call it with garbage in regards to the news and uh-huh, uh-huh, a lot of TV uh-huh. programs that are, that are out there, I would fill my mind with learning and um, you know, wanting to do the right thing. I, I, I became very much in demand because you know, one thing about I would say about don't overextend yourself. Uh-huh. You know, there's nothing worse than you know, getting a bad reputation right off the bat. You know, when Mm -hmm. people think that they can rely on you and you're like, oh, you know, I I couldn't make it or whatever. I mean, if you say you're going to be there and you're going to do something, then Mm -hmm. do it. Be there. Do it. Handle it. So dependability. Dependability and and dependability one step at a time and good work. More importantly, good work that you're proud of because that's what's going to build you in any business is that you do good work. You know, uh, like all of us, we have challenges in our life. And so I know you had some challenges early in life. The thing that uh, I'm going to sort of bookmark this a bit is that you said something about being a single parent and what a great dad, raising three children by yourself. Uh, You know, was some of this from that you've learned from your parents in terms of parenting, because you were like back and forth with dad and mom how did that impact you or did that impact you in raising your own children and you wanted to be with them? I learned a lot of lessons. You know, I, <laughs> my mom, um, unfortunately, my mother was an alcoholic and um, we oh, grew up a lot as kids uh-huh. and we grew up in a very, um, you know, when we were with her, uh, uh-huh. it was very uh, abusive um, relationship in respect to, you know, the men that she was around. Um, she had yeah. married um, someone who was an extremely abusive physically and mentally abusive uh, person. So with that, you know, I'm going to steal a page out of Joel Osteen's book because, you know, I chose to be a victor and not a victim. Good. You know, yep. I, um, the way I look at my life and the way that I triumph over tragedy, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I, you know, in those lessons, I told myself that I would never be that kind of a parent. I would mm-hmm. never, you know, put substances before, you know, my, you know, before, um, raising my kids, um, you know, early on, you know, I, that wasn't so much the case. I, you know, we got in back in the early eighties, I got involved 
you know, I was, I met this girl in college and, you know, we were at a party and we would, you know, we would go out and, and drink a little bit, not much. And I was always a sports guy, but, you know, a lot of my friends were cops and firemen at the time and ambulance drivers and, you know, in the medical field. And they, they were doing cocaine and they said, Hey, try this. It's good. You know? And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I'm not good. I'll just try it. Well, I tried it and I ended up becoming using it for many years, like six, uh-huh. five, six years. And, uh-huh. um, you know, that's, that's never a good thing. And you know what? One thing to remember is when you, you grow up, you know, when you're, um, a child, you're very, your, your impressions are very strong, you know, and you, uh-huh. and you, and uh-huh. they say it's hereditary and you grow up in an addictive, um, you know, environment uh-huh. Uh-huh. that you pick up on those as a child. And, uh-huh. um, unfortunately I didn't, I didn't know that until I actually, you know, became like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Uh-huh. You know? And, um, was able to get out of that life and get, uh, get back on track. You know, and I got divorced in that time. And I mean, just a lot gets ruined. You know, your life kind of goes in a cesspool, you know, and uh-huh. it's just, I kind of use the toilet analogy, you know, being, but, but being thank a plumber God. as well. You know? But thank God, Steve, you recognized it. the dream, you know. <laughs> you recognized it oh. uh, and made some I changes. Did, you know? And I think that's what this show is all about, is about how you can transform your life. I don't care what circumstances you may be born in. I mean, none of us can say that we chose the parents that we have. If, if you did, I ask people, write me, tell me if you did. But what I know is we don't. We don't change. We don't have control over where we're going to be born, how we're going to be born, what color we're going to, the color of our hair, the color of our skin. We have no control over that. But one thing we have control over, Steve, and you discovered it, and that's the choices that you make, the control that you have over yourself. And I, I am so pleased that you're able to share this and be very authentic about it. I don't like that word. I'm going to say transparent. Uh, and real about sharing your story. So you're divorced, you're with these three kids, you're a great parent, you're really helping those children. And where are they today, too, just by, just as a note, because uh, I know they grew up to be very successful. They did. Well, yeah, my daughter is, uh, my daughter's married, um, has two beautiful children, and lives out <laughs> in uh, Dayton, Nevada, which is uh-huh. outside of Carson City, Reno area. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, got a great job. She's an HR, um, she, she's an HR uh, director assistant mm-hmm. and working for a large corporation out there. Um, my youngest son works with me in the entertainment industry and also uh, works with me in my business. Uh, today, mm-hmm. my design business, he's one of my assistants. See? And, all, and then my older son has his own, he's starting in the footsteps where I was at. He started out doing, hey, he's doing handyman work, he's doing, you know, hauling deliveries, tr- you know, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. demo jobs, whatever it takes. And he has, um, he has my a grandson, he has my grandson, is almost a year old. And he oh, that's wonderful. So you did a, you yeah. did a great job and how successful they are with a dad such as Steve Sudacris. Well, Steve, you know, one of the things um, I, I, that's laudatory about you is that you start this family business, you start on your own, and then you become this sought after contractor and you rose to stardom on working on celebrity homes. Now, how in the heck did that happen? Did you meet one celebrity and then it just sort of rolled over to others? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's kind of weird? Um, no, um, this actually the celebrity homes were before kind of the celebrity stuff I do now. It's kind of weird. It, um, I was <laughs> working with my dad, and we were working with a designer out of Hollywood, West LA area, 
and we um, and we he was uh, his client was Jerry Brockheimer, and um, he had you know he and this was when Jerry first um, you know Jerry's you know a well known you know yes, executive yes. executive mm-hmm. producer and um, mm-hmm. he's a great guy actually and, and this was when he very first came out he had just you know he has just had few few hit films like Top Gun Beverly Hills Cop Flashdance you know. He was he was on just starting out on a roll into, into his like mega success, and I, I it's so funny because I remember being in his house and he um, he would have me build things for him like customized like lamps or whatever and you know drawer inserts you know things more specialty you know finished oh, carpentry uh-huh, kind of stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, I remember one day I opened up his drawer in his bathroom and I think he had every Rolex make in color that they make and I'm just like dude are you serious. <laughs> like, yeah, why you want one? And I go, no, it's just someday I'll have that. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, but I've always, you know, used, um, you know, I. It's funny because I look at celebrities like I know a lot of them, as you know, and mm-hmm. I don't. I, I talk to them just like I'm talking to you. I never. Well, they're, just people. That, they're just people. Um, <laughs> they're, they're just people. people. You know, we we spend New Year's Eve with you know Maroon Five, and you know, and. You know, and Adam is just one of the nicest guys in the world, and he's just like that, too. He's just real people, you know? I mean, he's just, like, down to earth and talking like like we're talking now, you know? So I don't, wow. you know, I've met a few that I don't really prefer that um, I would never do work for. And, um, well, you know what, I won't, Steve? Ma- I won't mention Gary Gacy's gonna... name, but, um, no, did I mention that? Did I say that a lot? No. <laughs> um, no, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break. You know? Steve, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about how you got into celebrity status and became an actor. So, listeners, I want you to stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my guest today, Mr. Steve Sudequest. Stay tuned. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my guest today, and we are sharing Mr. Steve Sidekris. You know what? We're Actually, I titled this show, The Road to Success is Always Under Construction. And uh, Mr. Steve Sidekris, he's been a general contractor to many celebrities. For those of you who might just be tuning in, he's a savvy businessman and an entrepreneur who rose to stardom as an actor. So he's sharing some of the lessons he learned and how he grew to become this actor and rose to stardom with his show, HGTV's Flipper Flop. So, Steve, tell me how this all happened for you. I know listen, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of funny. I was, I, was, I was watching the show and I was intrigued, you uh-huh. know, how they were flipping homes because I was doing that as well. We, what happened was when, when I grew the business, you know, I, mm-hmm. I started out myself and I was actually working for another company at the time. And I was kind of doing half, you know, working for them. And I had, they were letting me use their shop for running my business. And I mm-hmm. had myself and I actually get, I got one employee and then I ended up getting two. And then, you know, the owner of the company came to me and said, dude, you should do this full time. Get, you know, I'm pushing you out the warehouse. You know, come on, get it, you know, get the wings on, let's go. And mm-hmm. he was um, very helpful. And he said, go, go do this. So I did. I took off in 2000, it was like 2005 or six. So I'm mm-hmm. running the smaller, you know, business and keeping very, very busy. And then we hit the recession. Mm-hmm. So 2008. I yep. was, yep. you know, already doing property mm-hmm. maintenance, small jobs, you know, nothing, nothing really big, just kitchen, bathroom models, simple things, fixing fences and, you know, block wall, and just whatever needed to be done. And, um, <clears throat> with the, um, I was getting calls all of a sudden from these realtors, these bankers. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, we got these properties. Can you help us? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm not one to turn down work if it's, you know, if it's good, viable work. Right. And I'm like, well, okay. So I took on a few, and I liked doing the, the transformation to the, the flip houses. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a lot of them, and I ended up hiring more people. And I, you know, it, so it, during that time, during the recession between 2008 in 2010, I grew about 500%. Ended up with wow. about 45 employees and I had 17 trucks. I mean, I had, I mean, we were just like gangbusters. So, had all this going on. I watched Flipper Flop. I see them, and it was season one, and I see, I see the contractor, and I'm thinking, well, mm-hmm. I, can, I can do as good a job. I wonder if they need a backup contractor. So, I find them on Facebook Messenger, and I texted them you know, through uh-huh. their, their page. And um, I said, hey, if you're ever looking for a backup contractor, please feel free to reach out. I'm very good at what I do. Uh-huh. And I take pride in it. Here's some of the work I've done. Wow. I got, within five minutes, I got a text back. And they said, dude, we know who you are. We'd like to meet you tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. So I meet with them and I met with Tarek. Actually, that was Christina who had responded, but I actually... um got with Tarek the next day, Tarek and Pete, and they had me meet him at a house in Westminster. And they said, uh-huh. how much to do this house? I said, I looked at it. I gave a number. They said, okay, do it. How long? I said, yeah, give me, I don't know. It's cosmetic stuff. Pretty much. Give me like two weeks. So like, you can do this in two weeks. I go, yeah, just pretty easy. I got a lot of people. I can get everything done pretty quick. So wow. they had me do it at the budget. They came back. They loved the work. And they said, dude, 
we love your work. We love you. Tomorrow you're filming. You're, you're taking over. Um, Izzy left the show. We need someone to finish out the season two um, episode. And I go, sure. So we met up at a house. That's where you saw me in the episode. Um, that was um, Hilltop Hiccup. That was my first uh-huh, episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I started out. Yeah, I met with them, you know, on camera like I had met them. And, you know, I went into the house and house turned out uh, amazing. And we did that. And, and um, I was received well on camera uh-huh. and I was received well by the network and, uh-huh. you know, fans alike. They liked me. So they asked me to continue. And um, which I did. I did for um, 12 episodes. I appeared in a total of 14 episodes, but I did 12 uh, with me doing the work. The other two were just uh, me as uh, being kind of a advisor, I guess is what you want to call it on the show. And then, um, yeah, it was great. I loved it. And then I left and then I've been in, um, kind of doing my own thing and, um, uh-huh. went back uh-huh. to the business, you know, and then, um, I ended up selling the big construction company. It grew pretty big. I sold oh, it in uh, okay. December uh-huh. of 16. I think you so told me I that. that. I but... got, yeah, I got, yeah, it was, I had a good offer. It was a, you know, right at the height of the show, um, everything was good and we got a really nice offer. So mm-hmm. I just, I opted to sell. Well, tell me, Steve, where did all this creativity, where do you think all this creativity comes from? I mean, you know, cause I mean, you, you just absolutely can go on, look at a house and say, ah, oh, we can do this, 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 or this, and we can flip this house in a minute and turn it into this absolutely gorgeous place. Where does that all come from? Do you think? I mean, were you, you know, because you, you know, went to a military academy, which is very regimented. And so I'm trying to figure out where did you get, you know, where did all the creativity come from? Where do you think? <laughs> you know, my dad was, was, uh, was very design oriented. And I think mm-hmm. my sister is, my sister's an interior designer. And um, it's just kind of in my blood. And I'm, I'm, I can walk into a house pretty much and tell you within 10 minutes of looking at a house, pretty much basically what you're going to be into that house for. You know, uh-huh. which, um, you know, I, I, I get called on a lot to do uh-huh. a lot of work and I, I very picky about the clientele that I pick for the simple reason. A lot of people think they have misconception when they buy a house, they think, oh, I could you know, go in and make, you know, like I see the TV show, I can go make a hundred thousand dollars in this house. And, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm the first person to, to burst their bubble many times to like, no, you know, uh-huh. you know. Now, if you want to get that kind of money, you're not going to invest twenty thousand dollars. You have to put probably seventy or eighty thousand in the house, which is going to obviously affect your your uh-huh. bottom line. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just think you, you just you kind of you know you have to do your homework a little bit. You know, you have to know uh-huh. the neighborhood, your uh-huh. demographics. You know, um, if I'm going into a neighborhood that's predominantly um, Asian neighborhood, uh-huh. I know what's a good house and what's not a good house. I know that. Uh-huh. You know, my client just the other day bought a house in a predominantly Asian neighborhood. And he bought it at the end of the cul-de-sac. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make, you know, 80. I said, no, you're not. Number one, it's not good. It doesn't have good feng shui. Number one, because you've got a house right at the end of the street and that's not good. So, you know, we had to, we have to create, you know, an expense he wasn't considering another eight or 9,000 to create a wall in front of the <laughs> door. So, that, you know, the, the energy doesn't come, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, yes, I do. I do. I'm doing and, you know, because, uh, you know, when we met, I think you talked a little bit about how you connect with your clients on a personal level. I wasn't sure at that time, you know, because we didn't have time to go into detail how that works. But mm-hmm. you're 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 very personable and you meet people. But to be 
honest with them, that that takes a lot to be very candid with people, you know, without offending them. So so I think you do a great job maybe with uh, doing that, Steve. Uh, that is intuitive. That is not something that you can be trained uh, to do. What I'm intrigued is that you never went to design school or, you know, or, or to learn all of this. And so it's just like you said, in your blood. So that is absolutely fantastic. And one of the things um, I'm intrigued with, too, is what do you, would you say has been the high point in your life so far? Um, is my children. Uh-huh. And being a father and um, being able to have that opportunity that I wasn't really afforded when I was young. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but I never played, like, baseball in school. I played football a little bit, but... Baseball uh-huh. was never my sport, so I remember uh-huh. my son wanted to play, and um, he, he tells me, he says, hey, I want to play um, baseball. I said, great. Oh, my gosh, that's great. I'd <laughs> love to support you in that. And we go to the first meeting, and they're like, yeah, we need volunteers. And I'm looking around, they're like, well, we need a coach. We don't have a coach. <laughs> and no, nobody's raising their hand. And I'm like, well, how hard can it be? I've watched Bad News Bears. It can't be that bad, right? So I raise my hand, and, you know, and I'm like, you know, they're like, hey, you're the new coach. I'm like, great. You know, so I'm doing all this research and trying to be a coach. And we really were the bad news bears that year. It was awesome. It was, um, we we'd actually did really, I mean, considering I never played. I mean, I really, I, mean, I had these little eight-year-old kids. I'm like, okay, Johnny, what do you play? Oh, I can play first base. Okay, great. You're my first baseman. You, know, you just kind of wing it. But it was so much fun being there. And, um, you know, I volunteered like, Oh, like four years, my son played baseball. I, I volunteered for my daughter. She played softball. Um, my son played soccer. I wasn't, I'm not a soccer player, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I was a good coach on the, you know, a good assistant coach on the sidelines there. Yeah, kick the ball. Just go that way. <laughs> Just, you know, being, being part of my children's lives and watching them grow up and um, involving them in my business, you know, mm-hmm. when I could. You know, my uh-huh. sons would like to come out with me and help me work. And when they got, you know, little, you know, 12, 13 years old, they'd, they'd come out as well, like I used to do with my dad. And uh-huh. um, that's all good stuff. You know, I mean, um, and they grow up so fast. So yeah, they I would encourage they you to spend that time with your kids, man. It's just tell them to put down the video games and like, hey, come on, let's, let's spend some time together. Were you ever criticized for... Uh, spending so much time with your children. I mean, did that get in the way of your dating uh, ladies and because you were so family-oriented, being a single parent? That's just an off off question I just happen to think about. <laughs> um, you know, not not really because I mm-hmm. really, I mean, I'm I'm picky about who I associate with anyway. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't look for, you know, misery loves company. You know, that's, that's an image I use a lot and I, and I feel that it's like, I, I look for people that are like-minded, you know, mm-hmm. and I, okay. I look when I was in the dating arena, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I would look for women that were, you know, strong in their faith, also strong in their, you know, in their family beliefs. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So there wasn't really an issue. I mean, if, if it was, I mean, I, I remember a couple of times I'd gone out and girls just weren't a good fit, you know, certain girls and just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. okay, well, Nice knowing you, you know, good life to you, and you know, bye-bye now. <laughs> what else do you say, you know? <laughs> so, I, you know, it was an intriguing question because a single dad, you know, raising children, and, you know, that was just a question I was wondering about, how that happened with you. 
So tell me, what would you say um, to people who are reaching yet for that something, Steve? Because I know you went through that period of time where you were reaching for that something. You didn't quite know what that something was. But what would you say to people who are listening to the show today? They're reaching for that success. What would you say to them based on your own experiences? I would say that, you know, my, my experience is this, you know, if uh-huh. you, you keep moving and you just do it, you get up and you handle it and you just do it. I think uh-huh. a lot of people, they, you know, um, unfortunately we live in an entitled society and they just think it's going to come to them. Uh-huh. It doesn't just come to you. If you want something uh-huh. bad enough, you have to dig deeper than you ever have for anything in your life. And you have to really want it and you have to go after it and you're uh-huh. going to get that door slammed in your face you know, out of, the, out of the 60 doors you approach, you might get 59 that slam in your face. But you know what? That's okay. Go there with the same zeal on that 60th door, and that might be the door. You might have 70. Who knows? Who knows how many doors? You know what I mean? You, you, uh-huh. you don't know. Uh-huh. It might be your first uh-huh. door. You, you could get lucky. You know, but history says that, that that's not the case. History says that, you know, it takes time. And uh-huh. you, you have to be just consistently moving. I'm I'm really glad you shared that because what we didn't share for those listeners here about Steve, I mean, I really admire him because, again, he was at a fork in the road at age 32. And many of us, I was at a fork at like age 36. But just getting out of jail, you got kids in foster care, no money, no car, no job, no place to live. So, Steve, take me back to that time in your life. And how you had a mindset to turn that life around. You lost everything. I mean, your children. I, I mean, did. I lost. I mean, that yeah, my was house, incredible. My kids, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we didn't share a lot of that um, with people, too, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the background of what you've been through. Because I started with all of the success you've achieved, uh, working with your dad custom cabinetry, you're flipping houses, you got great breaks, you're successful, you sold your business, you're at a high point. But boy, I'm going to take people back to that point where maybe some of you might be today and saying, I don't know how this man is successful. Or there's women out there who are saying, I am at the end of my rope. I have lost my children. I don't have a job. You know, Steve, there are many people right now today in this country who are out of work and who are looking for work. No money, no car, no job. And let me tell you, in California, without a car, you're in deep trouble. So so share how you turned your mindset around, because that's what it takes. you got to have a new mindset. No, you have to reinvent yourself. Absolutely. You know, I, I was not, you know, I had been, I had used, I was a, you know, I, I guess, productive user for if most, I'd used for like five years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just, I never injected, I never did anything like that. I never smoked it. I never got, I just was a snorter, I guess is what you want to call them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, it became such a, a, a needed thing in my life. You know, I, it was just crazy and I got in trouble. I got, I got, had gotten pulled over and they found it on me. And so they're like, yeah, dude, you're in trouble. You know, you're going to jail. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and, but I had no idea that, you know, that the, for the time, you know, I went to jail for almost a year and they, um, it's crazy what they, 
what they uh, he, he, you know so with that being happened they didn't they didn't arrest my my wife at the time they let her uh-huh. go even though she uh-huh. was using two uh-huh. um, they took the kids you know the kids had to endure this you know and that's one of the reasons that I'll fall back on that in a second about why I did what I did and made the choices I made about you know, reinventing myself and being the dad that I was is a lot to do with, you know, me losing my kids temporarily for a year. Um, you know, That's I, a long time. That's a long you know, time. I get my kids to, it's, a, it's a long time, you know, and you have young kids and yeah. you, don't, you yeah. don't really realize it when you're screwing up your own life. You, you know, I'm, I'm a big boy, you know, and I'm, I can, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking I'm, you know, finally clean and sober and I'm clean and I'm like going, wow, I really effed up. You know, I mean, I can't believe what I did to these kids' lives. You know, I mean, and I'm thinking more of them, you know. But then I thought, well, I can't, I can't get, offer them something if I don't have something then. It's just like you, you can't offer love to somebody if you don't love yourself first. That's right. That's you know, right. So first of all, I had to fall in love with myself again. Know that it's okay. I, I've made a mistake, but, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a horrible, rotten person for it. I just screwed up. I made a mistake. What am I going to do about it? Did you read so a book? What I did, did is you I <laughs> did you read a book? Did you see a movie? What happened to turn you around that you fell in love with yourself? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and Steve's going to share how he fell in love with himself and turned his life around. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick commercial. Thank you. <laughs> on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back today with my show with Mr. Steve Sudercrest, who has this compelling transformation story, how he successfully navigated his life to become the success he is today. So thank you for sharing. And Steve, I cannot imagine what it was like to be stopped by the police, your wife's in the car, you have something on you, and the police are sending you to jail, your kids are taken away, and here they are, gone for a year, and you have some decisions to make, and that's one, falling in love with yourself. How did you do that, Steve? 
You know, you gotta, you know, I think the, the biggest secret to falling in love with yourself is mm-hmm. forgiving yourself. You've got to, yes. you've got to try to understand that, you know what, you're going to screw up today. You're going to screw up tomorrow. That's okay. If you can look at yourself objectively and say, you know what, I don't like where I'm at and I want to make a change. And you have to like, you, you have, like I've said before, you have to really want, want that change. So in doing so, you have to get up, dust yourself off, literally, sometimes literally, <laughs> you know, and, um, and realize that, you know what, it's, it's okay. I, I've made some mistakes. What am I going to do to correct it? So the, how I, how I correlated with the, with the kids was like this, you know, I was getting letters from my kids when I was when I was in jail and they were, you know, they were so forgiving and they were so loving. And I'm like, you know what, if they can forgive, then I can forgive myself. You know, if they want me back, uh-huh. you know, I can, I can make this happen. So what I would do is, yeah, I, I would definitely, um, I would definitely read a lot of, um, self-help books. Uh-huh. Anthony Rob, Tony Robbins, is, I'm a huge fan, you know, because uh-huh. I, I think you can transform your life by just speaking it into existence. And, yes. um, I think that you, everybody, you know, you can, it, it's, it's, uh-huh. it, it's proven that it works and it works, you know, and if you um, find yourself in a, like a weird situation, I fall into the Mel Robbins, you know, um, five, four, three, two, one situation because, you know, a lot of times, you know, like the other day I was in, I was over in Starbucks and I'm standing in line and, you know, it's six thirty in the morning and these guys were behind me and they were talking about, Oh my God, how, what a, what a horrible day. Oh my God. You know, they were just how bad. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. no, the morning, it's still, it's still not even morning yet. And so I think if you look at a situation whether you know, you're, you're going to have bad situations come up all the time and whether that be, That's right. in, you know, in morning, afternoon, whatever it is, but you have to, compartmentalize in your mind and say, Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to give this as much attention as it's worth and deal with it and be done with it. So you, you have to say, you know, to yourself, I never say I've had a bad day because it necessarily wasn't my whole day. It uh-huh. might've been a bad five minutes, but it wasn't my whole day. You know? So I, I try to I'll always look at the positive side of things and say, you know what? Uh-huh. It's a bad five minutes. Let's move on. Let's regroup. Let's move on. And so doing that, I would do, I would, do that. I still do it to this uh-huh. day. Uh-huh. I would, I would just say, you know what? Okay. What are we going to do? Let's fix this. Let's make this work. What am I going to do? What uh-huh. do I need to do? What, what I need to do to improve this situation or whatever the thing is, you know, and I instill that in, you know, in, in what's going on with my girlfriend right now with her, her situation. I, I uh-huh. try to be as, in, as in positive and empowering as I possibly uh-huh. can, you know, why she's fighting her battle, you know, and, I, and yes. it's all mindset. You know, you have uh-huh. to have the right mindset. If you don't, you will uh-huh. always remain going back to that same hole and jumping in. Did you did you ever have moments where you felt like going back backwards? No. Good. No. Okay. Okay. No, I uh, no never. I've never no. I never have. I I did. Um, I was asked to do. I was doing a lot of speaker meetings and like big conferences for um, people that had been used. I had gone back and I was doing some speaker stuff for the police uh-huh. departments and about, uh-huh. you know, parents and trying uh-huh. to understand all this. And uh-huh. no, I never did because this is how you do this. You know, it's like the book I've got coming out. It's like, you got to get out of your own way. You have to, sometimes when you're like in a rut and like, you're like, Oh God, you know, oh, uh, uh, you know, doing that, you know what, uh-huh. get over it, get over yourself. What you uh-huh. need to do is you need to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand their plight. And it makes you, it, it helps you, Inadvertently, it helps you achieve the goal that you want to achieve by helping someone else. 
So you you go out and you 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 find someone else or an organization that's got people dealing with the same thing. Or if you, uh-huh. if you really want to not feel bad about yourself, go serve the homeless shelter. You know, uh-huh. I mean, you find these things and it puts really things in perspective. Hey, my life really isn't that bad. Uh-huh. You know, these people are coming in for free food every day. They know where to sleep. I have a roof over my head. I'm okay. I woke up and I got, you know, I've got two eyes and, you know, I mean, Go to the ICU unit, you know, where people are, you know, paraplegics. You know, they've right. been in an accident. Right. They can no longer move their, their limbs. Right. I mean, we have so much to be grateful for. It's like, get That's over yourself. so true. Did you have anybody um, that stepped in to help you, to give you a helping hand? Was there someone that reached out to you and your children to help you? Um, not at first. Mm-hmm. No, um, not really. It was kind of weird. I, I, I had a lot of closed doors. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you, oh, you went to, oh, you know, no. And, mm-hmm. yeah, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I ended up not relying on people. Um, I, I ended mm-hmm. up making new friends mm-hmm. who, um, who became like more of my support system. It's kind of okay. weird, you know, how that works. But a lot of times when you're, you know, you, you end up making new friends and end up having a new circle anyway, because mm-hmm. if you were mm-hmm. in that, that circle that you you were in with a mindset you were in, when you change that mindset, a lot of those people don't Fall like away. <laughs> They don't like the fact that you've changed. They're like, ooh, yeah. you, you know, can't we talk about, can't we talk crap on people? You know, can't we, you know, can't we? You're just like, no, I, I don't. I don't, I love everybody. I, I truly love everybody where they are. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't hold prejudice against them. I, and that's fine. You can be where you're at. I still love you where you're at. But I'm just not going to be where you're at. I'm not going to be associated with you, but I still love you. So I don't think I'm better than them, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't put myself in that position to, you know, I, I use the analogy a lot where I, I use it where you get the negative mindset. People that they walk around with jumper cables attached to their earlobes and they, and they, and they're looking for a charge. So what they'll do is they, they walk around, they look for that. Mm-hmm for that person that, you know, has a real charged battery and they'll come up and they'll hook under your earlobes and they'll be like, they'll just drain you. Like they're starting their dead batteries. <laughs> and you're just like, you just feel yourself going weak at the knees. We call like, them, uh, oh, please. I call them vampires. Me. So <laughs> I try to avoid vampires. They want to suck the life out of you. <laughs> they do. They totally do. So I, I just say, you know, I love you for more. You, you right over there. You're good. You know, and just, um, and keep it, and keep it there. Uh, that's really interesting, Stephen. So and I thank you, you know, for sharing this, because I think people need to know that one of the things that I'm, you know, really picking up that you have to have a, a made up mind uh, that is choice. I choose to love me, whether anybody else does. And the fact that you were able to, no matter how people may have treated you because you've been in jail or you had been on drugs that, oh, uh, how you kept on going, because it does cripple some people because we the, we live in a society where we're so caught up with how other people see us and how they view us. And so uh, kudos to you that you're able to turn that around. And do you believe that a lot of that, uh, that the loving of yourself, being able to love other people, was the trajectory that led you to more success in your life and to the success that you later enjoyed? You know, I recommend everybody who's listening <laughs> to go to um, goldcoast.com and look up a video, How to Love People. And it, it'll come up, and, and it's, a, it's a great three-minute video of loving people where they are. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's, it's been trans... I mean, I, I, I actually listen to it probably once a week, and I have for the past year. 
and it just it's a subtle reminder that you just you've got to love people where they are and doesn't uh-huh. mean you've got to like them just got to love them where they are and just you know and accept and and it's changed my perspective i don't um uh-huh. i don't like to I, I just i don't i don't i don't i don't find myself i don't like to argue with people i just uh-huh. Uh-huh. cool you know you're right you know and i just walk <laughs> away because you know what's buddha say an ounce of you know one minute of anger takes away you know, it, it really works in your immune system. It, it takes away from it, you know, so, but, but, you know, a minute of laughter, you know, strengthens it, it, you know, so it helps. I just, I kind of look at it in a, in a way like, and this is what, why, what I choose to do. And if people want to be part of my circle, you know, and part of my tribe, then cool. We're all like-minded and we all, and we all work for the betterment of other people and to leave this place, leave this world a better place than what we found it. That's right. So, what is it again? It's Gold Coast. Yeah, Gold Coast. It's uh, videos. You find them on Facebook. You can go to. Um, no, I do want to make YouTube. sure the listeners. I want to make sure the listeners get the right acronym for it. So, spell it so that I'll make sure my listeners. I'll send it that to they you. Can. What I'll do is I'll oh. send it to you, and then you can post it. Okay. All right. Because we want yeah. you um, definitely. This whole show is about transforming people's lives and helping them to be better. Physically, spiritually, personally, professionally. And that's what it's all about. One of the other things, Steve, that you said that really encouraged me, because it's something I share a lot, words work. Positive words work. What you say is what you get. I remember a book that I read many years ago called What You Say Is What You Get. And so absolutely, you talked about that. I wrote it down, that you used words, words that work. So I want to thank you again for just sharing so much of yourself. Steve, what's next for you? What's next for Steve? You've got a lot of stuff on a gun going on. <laughs> so what's we next? We do. Yeah, we, um, well, we finished out Flipper Flop a few years ago, and then I've been working on, you know, just when I sold the business, I took off a, over a year for my, my health. I had some um, surgeries I had to take care of, my neck and back. I had an accident and broke my neck and my back, so I, I'm, all, I'm getting healed from Ooh. that, which is great. Um, oh, you're looking good, Right though. now you're I'm working good. on a new... Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I, I couldn't stay down very long. I was even in the neck brace doing all my red carpet stuff. It was awesome. Um, but, um, <laughs> well, you didn't look like you had on a brace. You, you, <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like a scarf. If you look on, if you Google search me, it comes up on my on my Getty images. It's pretty funny. And people are like, oh, what was that part of your, like, your thing? I'm like, no, it was actually a neck brace. I put a, a white tie on it. Um, <laughs> so, but no, I've got a, two new shows. I've got, we're working on a new show. We're putting together a new show with Slade and Gretchen from um, Orange County Housewives that um, left that show. And we're doing a new uh, design show with them. Um, it's slated to be on A&E, which is great. And then we're working on a new show, another show that we're putting together for Amazon that will be um, helping our veterans and, and our first responders that got injured in the line of duty or serving mm-hmm. their communities mm-hmm. where they weren't, um, weren't ready to change their careers. So we're helping mm-hmm. them like these are, you know, like they were anticipating working for or serving a country for a matter of time. Something dramatically happened. It altered that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, that event and that, that um, progress. So what we do is we're coming in and we're helping them reset. You know, oh, with some life good. coaching and some different different oh, atmosphere. Right. And my uh-huh. new co-host, um, Byron Chamberlain, is from the Denver Broncos, and he mm-hmm. is my co-host on the show. Yes, yes. So we're doing yes. that. Byron's great. 
And oh, um, it's, wow. that's great. And then we've, we've got some other new stuff. We're, it, it's in the pipeline that we're just in, um, you know, talks about doing. I'm working with a company um, a production team with Rio Vista Universal. Uh-huh. And um, they're, they're great to work with. James Skinner is one of the best creative minds I've ever met. And uh, we love working together. We can, him and I can create a show together in 15 minutes. It's awesome. So, so um, I, like, I love working with creative people. <laughs> so it's been a good match. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of energy for it, too. I mean, really. You know, I, I really, again, so admire, admire you and your hard work. Because I tell you, uh, with that launch, when you launched your business, Steve Cedarcrest Designs, you were at the top of mm-hmm. your game, I'm telling you. So I, I just want to thank you for being uh, my guest today. Knowing that you're one of the hardest working men I have met, I tell you. But what do you do? Well, well quickly, you. What do you, you do for fun? What do you do for fun? You know, because I know you do a lot well, of I stuff. I just bought into it. And I, bought, I just merged with another design company. That's my fun. I, I love design so oh, much that I merged okay. with Simply, Simply uh-huh. Stunning Spaces out of San Diego. And we're opening up a new show or another show, not, not, not a new one, another one in Huntington Beach. And yeah. hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be in Beverly Hills. So that's my, that's my fun. I love oh, design. Oh. I love being creative. And I, I just, you know, I love doing the shows and it's all kind of related with the design. So it's, it's fun. It's just, you know, like, like James says, James Canary says, you know, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? That's true. That is so true. Well, I'm going to have you <laughs> on my television show because I have the television side of the house. Transformation Success Television Network, and I'm going to get you and your son on the show, and we'll talk about this new design and some of the work that you're doing. Okay, is that a deal? Oh, I'd love it. That'd be awesome. I'd love to show you some of it. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> yes, I'd love to have you on the television side of the house so people can see Mr. Steve Cedarquist. So again, I want to thank <laughs> well, you thank for you. Being, being my guest today. I'm certain listeners have benefited from your transformational journey and the load of tidbits that you've given them today. Remember, you can download this show later at Transformation for Success Empowerment or Women's Channels on voiceamerica.com. Until then, this is Dr. Barbara Young signing off until next Tuesday. Until then, be blessed, be safe, and forever transformed. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.